dedicating the shear and dedicating the week of learning, Mershon of the art site of Ira's mother, Freyder Grossman, Freyda Bas, Shmuel Zechorn Lebrach, we open in the merits of our Talmud Torah. The Shem will have an Aliyah and the family in the Cham. We don't yet have a Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Av. Alright, so with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Chof Gimel, 23. We are picking up on Chof Beis and Beis. We have a lot to do today. But see, we're actually just going to jump back just a little bit. I know we can't really afford to jump back all that much, considering how much we left off with. But let's pick up with, with once again, Amra Yochanan, which is 14 lines down from the top. Amra Yochanan. Very quickly, we did this case yesterday. Shnaim Omrim. Shnaim omrim meis, ushnaim omrim lo meis. Two edim say the husband died, two say didn't die. Harezia lotinas, eh? Ve'emli says lotete, she shouldn't remarry. But if she did remarry, she does not have to leave the second husband. Shnaim omrim niskarsha, shnaim omrim lo niskarsha. Two witnesses say that she was divorced, two witnesses say she wasn't divorced. Harezia lotinas, eh? She does not have, she should not remarry. Ve'emli says tete. And if she does remarry, then she should leave husband number two. So I, this is where we left off. I asks the Gemara, now both of these cases seem to be the same, right? They're the same case. What's the same case? They're both cases of what? Two versus two. In case one, two witnesses say that her husband died, two witnesses say that her husband didn't die. In that case, the halacha is, she shouldn't get remarried, but if she does, she doesn't have to leave husband number two. Case number two, Two witnesses say she got divorced. Two witnesses say she didn't get divorced. Shouldn't get remarried. But in that case, if she does, she does have to leave husband number two. So asks the Gemara, why the difference between the two cases? Amr Abaye says, Oh, interesting. Abaye says, how do you set up the case? We're not talking about a case of two versus two, but rather what? We're talking about a situation of an eight echad. And therefore says the Gemara, listen to this. Now we may make sense. Because remember again, when an Eid Echad, going back to our Yabama stays, when an Eid Echad says that the husband died, ultimately again he is believed. Not only is he believed, but an Eid Echad in the realm of saying that a husband died has the power of two Eidim. When Ula says, whenever the Torah believed in Eid Echad, an Eid Echad has the power of two witnesses. And therefore, watch this, Listen to this. The Gemara says like this. In fact, in fact, the way the case is, is Abaye. The way the case is going to work out is like this. It's really an Eid Echad comes along and says, Husband died. Rachel, your husband Ruvain died. Okay, what happens when an Eid Echad comes along and says that a husband died? What's the He's believed. And he's treated as if he is two witnesses. So then what happens? Then another Eid comes along and says, no, Ruvain didn't die. So I'll say, interestingly enough, how do we view that second Eid Echad? That second Eid Echad? Exactly as that, as an Eid Echad. And so it turns out that Halacha Lamaisa, it's really an Eid Echad against, so to speak, two witnesses. If that's the case, the Gemara says, Ihachi, afil nami. If that's the case, then why don't we allow it? Remember, again, what did the Brahisa say? She shouldn't get remarried. But in that case, if she did get remarried, we wouldn't make her leave the second husband. But if it's as you just set up, then so why can't she get remarried? This is incredible. 
Quoting over the Pasuk from Mishlei, literally again, remove from yourself the crookedness of the mouth, and the slander of the lips, move away from yourself. So what's interesting about this case is like this. The Gemara says, says, you're right, the way we just set it up according to Abayin, she should be able to give her the Chatechila. But here's the issue. You have opposing testimony. You do have opposing testimony. And as much as that opposing testimony, is not necessarily halachically relevant, we do take it into account. So the Chatechila will tell you, you know what? Don't get married until we go ahead and we clarify this a little bit. But if she did, ex post facto, ultimately, again, she doesn't have to leave. Rava Amranabose, now you understand the distinction between the case of where you have Eidos when he died versus Eidos when she was divorced. Right there, another, another opinion. Rava Amar, the Olam Treu Trey. Rava says, at the end of the day, oh, thank you, I'm sorry. Seifa, Eid Echad Omer Niskarsha, the Eid Echad Omer Lo Niskarsha. Here it is, I will say, the Seifa, the second case of the Braisa, where you have an eight echad saying, right, first eight says she got divorced. Second eight says she got divorced. So Tarvayhu Be'eshes Ish Kamesadi. And I will say, interestingly enough, they are both testifying about a woman who is married. So the only Shaila is, is she still married or is she no longer married? The Haidukamen is Garsha, and the one who said that she was divorced, Havilechad, so I will say, this is what's interesting. In that case, it's so, such a fascinating husband. When the, the Edom are arguing, is she divorced, is she not divorced? What, are they, what do they both agree on? What do they both agree on? That she was an Eishas Ish. So you have two witnesses certifying the fact that she was an Eishas Ish. And now an Eid Echad saying that she was divorced. Okay. So I will say, so what does that leave you with? That leaves you with an Eishas Ish. And therefore, again, she has no right to get married. And even if she does get married, we would make her leave second husband. Incredible. Incredible. Rav Amarav says, the Olam Treu Trein. Rav says, no, I don't like that. Abai, I don't like that. We're going, it's, it, it's as the Bryce has said, it's two witnesses versus two witnesses. And ultimately, again, Rabbi Yochanan accepted the position of Rabbi Menachem Bar Yossi, who Rabbi Yossi was quoted in yesterday's da'af. Who made the distinction between when she remarries before the witnesses or after the witnesses. And, Rabbi, and he agreed with Menachem Rayosi in the case of divorce, but not in the case of death. My time, what's the reason? Very simply, In a case of death, ultimately, again, she cannot contradict the husband, so to speak. Right? But in the case of Gerushin, she can. But will a woman go ahead and contradict her husband regarding, regarding, Regarding divorce, what does that mean? We'll say this is the position of Hamnuna, which is going to come up a couple of times throughout this daf, which is incredible. Rav Hamnuna says a woman would never be so brazen to, to tell her husband that he divorced her. No, let me say it differently. A woman would never be so brazen to say to her husband in his presence that he divorced her if he had, in fact, not divorced her. Which will say, there's a logic. In other words, to, to, to tell your spouse, oh yeah, you divorced me, when you know that's not true, that level of azos, that level of braziness, a person would not exhibit. And therefore, again, if a woman does tell her husband that he, you divorced me, we believe her. 
to which the Gemara says, Hanimili hechad laka eidah dekamisayile. When is that true? That's when there is no edos, right? That's when she's not bolstered by edim. However, again, the Gemara says, however, aval hechad deika eidah dekamisayile, meiza u meiza. But I will say, when she does have supporting testimony, then Einachinami, she would be tempted to lie, right? Even, even a bold-faced lie in the presence of her husband, because at the end of the day, halacha she has, she has testimony, or she has witnesses to back her up. Ravasi, Ravasi says, Ravasi has a different interpretation of the Brisa. What's the case of the Brisa? The Edim come along and say, their Edos is, right now your husband just died, Right, or right now your husband just divorced her. So now watch this. Misa leka levrura. So I'm saying the case of death, presumably the Edim are saying the husband died at some faraway location that they cannot presently corroborate. However, Gerushin ika leborura. In the case of Gerushin, if the Edim are claiming, you know, Rachel, your husband Ruvain just divorced you now, that you can clarify. How can you clarify? If your husband just divorced you, show us your get. Show us your get. Good. So again, all of these three different interpretations all really focused on the same idea, which is halacha you have a b'raisa. The b'raisa says, again, seems to set up two parallel cases, right? Two adim versus two adim. First case is a case of death. Second case is a case of gerishin. In the case of death, she shouldn't get remarried by the Yevet if she did. She doesn't have to leave her second husband. In the second case, in the case of divorce, she shouldn't get remarried. If she did, she does have to leave her second husband. And all the Gemara was just giving was different interpretations as to how we make a chilek, how we make a distinction between death and divorce. Beautiful. Interesting case. Two witnesses say, Rachel, you are Mikudesh, that's right, you were Niskatsha. You had Kiddushin with Ruvain. And two witnesses say she did not have Kiddushin. What's Talacha? Harezu lo tinase. She should not get married. Vimnises lo tetsin. I will say that what that means is she should not get married to someone else. Right? She should not get married to someone else. Right? Vimnises lo tetsin. But ultimately, again, if she did, she doesn't have to leave. She doesn't have to leave her husband. Shnaim omrim niskarsha, shnaim omrim niskarsha. Can a parallel case? Two witnesses say, Rachel, you got divorced from Ruvain. Two witnesses say, Rachel, you didn't get divorced from Ruvain. Harezo lotinase, she should not get remarried. Ve'emises teitse. But in that case, she should go ahead and leave second husband. Leave second husband. Okay. So I'll say, let's analyze. Top of, top of Chav Gimel. We're stuck with the same problem. So the same problem. Again, I'll say, two cases. Case number one, two witnesses say, Rachel, you had Kiddushin with Ruvain. Two witnesses say, Rachel, you didn't have Kiddushin with Ruvain. What's Talacha there? She should not marry someone else. But if she did, what's Talacha? She doesn't have to leave husband. She doesn't have to leave. We'll call him husband number two. We'll call him, we'll call him Shimon. Right? Case number two, Rachel, you did get divorced from Ruvain. Do when it's Rachel, you didn't get divorced from Ruvain. She should not marry someone else. But if she did, what's Talacha? She has to leave that second husband. So I asked the Gemara, Mashna Reisha, Mashna Seifa. How do you, why do you distinguish between these cases? Interesting. Abaye says, what's the case? Eidechot. Eidechot. It's one witness who is testifying. So the Gemara listen to this. Eidechot. 
ואין דברו של אחר במקום שניים. So listen to this, Abayi says, no, 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 it's not cases of two witnesses versus two witnesses, but rather what is it? It's one witness. Now watch this. Here's the case. One witness comes along and says, Rachel, you received Kiddushin from Ruvain. One witness says, that what? That what? No, you didn't. Now say, what do both witnesses agree on? What do they both agree on? That she was single. Right? Interesting. So what they both agree on was, that she was single, that there was a previously established state of single kite, right? So she was single. She was single. Now, we'll say, so now what happens? An Eid Echad comes along and says that she received Kiddushin. Okay. So we'll say, what's the status of an Eid Echad in the face of two witnesses who say that she was single? Meaningless. Meaningless. And therefore, again, although we would tell her, don't get remarried until we figure this out, Bidiyevet, if she did, we would not make her leave her husband. However, Seifa, in the Seifa case, one witness says that she was divorced, one witness says that she wasn't divorced. So we'll say, in this case, in this case, what's the halacha? Tarvayu be'eshes ish kamasadi. We'll say, what do the two witnesses agree on? What do they agree on? That she was married. So you have two witnesses saying that she was an eshes ish, and therefore what? I have one witness saying that she was divorced. And therefore, one witness, one witness does not carry any weight in the face of two. And therefore, her status is an Ish. And therefore, even if she remarries, we would make her leave husband number two. Incredible. Was incredible. That, that, that's a bayi. That's a bayi. Next. Vashir Vash says, no, I don't like it. The olam treu trey. In reality, it's two witnesses versus two witnesses. And I think you have to go ahead and, I think you have to go ahead and actually switch to halachas. Meaning what? Shnaim, here we go. Shnaim omrim ra'inu ha'shinis katsha, u'shnaim omrim lo ra'inu ha'shinis katsha, ha'rezu lo tinase. So this is interesting. Rabashi has a different nuance. What's the case? Two witnesses say, Rachel, we saw you receive kiddushin from Ruvain. And two witnesses say, Rachel, we did not see you receive Kiddushin from Ruvain. What's Talacha? Harezu Lotinasi. Ideally, she shouldn't get remarried, or she shouldn't get married to, right? She shouldn't get married to another person, so we clarify this. Vemises Teitse. But if she did get remarried, she has to leave husband number two. So Bosa, the Gemara says, Pshita. Now, Bosa, now understand. Understand that. Listen to the different claims over here. Two witnesses say, Rachel. We saw you receive Kiddushin from Ruben. You're a married woman. What did the other two witnesses say? We didn't see anything. So the Gemara says, Pshita, lo ra'inua in oraya. They will say, saying you didn't see something is not edus. Is not edus. Right? They will say, imagine, two witnesses show up amazing. We saw Ruben kill Shimon. Another two witnesses show up and say, well, we, we didn't see anything. Okay. Right, right, right. You, you didn't see anything. Most of the world didn't see. That's not edos. So if I will say, if that's why you're setting up this case, then essentially, really, all you have is what? All you have is what? One set of witnesses, right? Two witnesses, and those two witnesses say that what? That Rachel received kiddushin from Ruvain. So now, if Rachel goes and receives kiddushin from Shimon, of course she has to leave Shimon. I will say this is incredible. Here we go. No, no, no. The edim who say we didn't see anything, they live in the same chotzer, in the same courtyard as Rachel and Ruvain, or, or one of the parties, I should say, at least. Listen to this. Mao what would you have thought? 
thought like this. If Rachel really was Mikudeshes to Ruvain, they would have heard of Kala Isle. Kala Isle means what? People hear about it. It would have been like Lachayim, Avar, some streamers on the door, whatever it is. Lemais, a big Mazel Tov sign. People getting, people have Kiddushin. There's a call. There's a call. And the fact that they lived in the same Chacho, they never heard about this, it must be that what? So in other words, that's what it means. When the Adim show up and they say, we didn't see Rachel receive Kiddushin from Ruvain, what they're saying is, we live in the same Chacho as these people. And if something would have happened, we would have heard about it. So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that there are people who do Kiddushin quietly. Who do Kiddushin quietly, right? There are people ultimately, again, who go ahead and affect Kiddushin in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Bitsina quietly. And therefore, just because you didn't hear about it, doesn't mean anything. Seifa, I will say, look at the end of the Raisa. Seifa, Shnaim Omrim Ra'inuha Shinis Garsha, Ushnaim Omrim Lo Ra'inuha Shinis Garsha. Now, say, what about the case, second case? This, this is Ravashi's approach. Ravashi says, right, two witnesses say we saw, saw her get divorced, and two witnesses say we did not see her get divorced. What's the halacha? Harezu Lotinase. Ultimately, she shouldn't get remarried. Vimnises Lotetsi. And I will say again, Ravashi switches it. In this case, if she did get remarried, she doesn't have to leave husband number two. And Abbasid Gemara says, that's Pshita, right? So I'll say, so remember again, once again, so effectively, what do you have? You have two witnesses saying, we saw Reuven give Rachel a get. Two witnesses say, what do they say? We didn't see anything. So the Gemara says, of course, she's divorced. All you have over here really is Edu saying that Rachel is divorced, that she has a get. So of course, if she got remarried, she doesn't have to leave her second husband. My Kamash Malan, here we go. Maybe it's the same. Maybe, maybe it was like we said before, that maybe the witnesses live in the same, the witnesses who say we didn't see, see anything live in the same courtyard as Rachel and Ruvain. So they say like this, had there been a get, we would have seen it or we would have heard about it. The fact that we didn't hear about it means it didn't happen. So the Gemara says, Hainu Hach, then it's the same thing as the previous case in the Raisa. Maudetema, you don't have to like this. Maybe by Kiddushin, sometimes it can happen that people do Kiddushin under the radar. I will say, but by Gerishin, no, no, no one, no one gets divorced under the radar. I will say, in fact, again, the whole notion of divorce is designed to create a certain element of publicity to it so people know that this couple is no longer married. So therefore, if you're living in the same chatra as this couple and you don't hear anything, maybe that testifies to the fact that they're not really divorced, to which the Gemara says, Kamash Malon, Davidi Inshi Demekadshi, Udemegarshi Bitsina. Kamash Malon will say, no, that's sometimes people get divorced. Not only do they do Kiddushin quietly, but sometimes even people get divorced quietly as well. And therefore, again, not seeing something even if you live in direct proximity to the parties, is not a raya that it didn't occur. Pretty incredible. I'll also tell you, if you go back a couple of lines, I was very taken by this, by this line, where Ravashi sets this up, and the, the Lashon of the Gemara was, the dari You know, sometimes you live in proximity to a person. And so, ma'udetema, if you live in proximity to a person, what do you think? Why, right? Im isa diniskacha kala isle. If this person was really special, this person was really special, Dineskatsha, this person had Kiddusha in him, Kala Isli, I know about it. Right? I know this person. Right? And also you could fill in the blank, right? You could be referring to one's spouse, you could be referring to one's child, you could be referring to one's friend. I know this person. And the truth is, they're totally unremarkable. 
totally unremarkable, nothing special about them. Varaya, if there was something special about them, I would know it. I would know it. If there was Kiddusha in them, I would know it because I'm in constant proximity to them. To which the Gemara says, Kamashwalan, da'avdi inshi demekadshi bitsina. They will say, meaning what? There are people who amass Kiddusha privately. Some people, you can see their Kiddusha on their sleeve. And I don't mean in an arrogant way. But some people at the end of the day, some people at the end of the day, you could see that they're halig. You could see that they're special. You could see that they're remarkable. And I will say some people in this world, they look totally unremarkable. And even worse, they, they look like they're void of Kiddusha. And sometimes we think that we could size people up because, hey, I see this person every day. I know them. I've known them for years. I live in proximity to them, right? I live in the same chatzar. And if they had Kiddusha, I would know it. It must be they have nothing. Kamash Malam, the Gemara says, the of the inchi demakadshi bitsina. He will say, every single Jew has Kiddusha. Every single Jew has Kiddusha. Some people have Kiddusha b'farhesya, the kind of Kiddusha you could see. And some people have Kiddusha b'tsina, the type of Kiddusha ultimately, again, that's private. But the Kiddusha is always there. And I will say, what, what a gift the Gemara gives us on Rosh Chodesh Av, where our entire avoda over these nine days is to work on our Ben Adam Lechavero. And the key to successful Ben Adam Lechavero interpersonal relationships is the ability to, if you can't see the Kiddusha in your fellow Jew, you have to at least believe that it's there. You know, sometimes I try to see something good in someone and I just can't find it. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm really looking hard. I can't see any level of Kiddusha in a particular person. Even if you can't see it, you have to believe that it's there. I, but how do you know? Again, Some people have their Kiddusha and it's private. So private that no one else could see it. So private that no one else even knows about it. But you have to believe that within every Jew, it exists. The Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Remember again, the end of the Mishnah was, if ultimately, again, if she, when she gets remarried, Edim comes, she doesn't have to leave second husband. So the Gemara says, Remember again, when we saw this Mishnah yesterday, it was Machlokes, does this statement go on the Reisha or on the Seifa? So, so again, ultimately, remember again, the Reisha was talking about the case where Halacha Lamaisa again, she says, I was an Ish, but then I got divorced. The seifa was, I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated. So the Gemara said, listen to this. So man I'm sorry. Man So the one who goes ahead and attributes this line to the Reisha will certainly say it works on the seifa. Because we'll say in general, as we're going to see in cases of captivity, chazal or mekel. But the one who goes ahead and sets it up on the seifa will say, first wide line, will not necessarily set it up on the Reisha. Because remember again, the Reisha is talking about, remember the case of the Reisha, was a woman who comes to Beisdin, she says, I was married, but now I'm divorced. Again, Pesha Pesha Hitir. Right? So, Seifa, I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated. But I wasn't violated. To which the Gimar is a lema, but the So I say, maybe they really argue in Rav Hamnuna. I also remember again, Rav Hamnuna, I remember we mentioned before in Chafesim with Beis just a little while ago, Rav Hamnuna holds that in general, a woman would never be so brazen to say to her husband, you divorced me. Right to his face, 
if she was not in fact divorced. So the Gemara says, The one who goes in and sets up this line of the Mishnah referring to the Reisha holds like Raham Nuna, Oman Damasnila, Seifa, Lase, Raham Nuna. No, the Gemara says, No, not true. Everyone agrees to the principle of Raham Nuna. That ultimately, again, Everyone agrees that a woman would never be so brazen to claim that her husband divorced her in the presence of her husband, if that in fact did not occur. So what are they arguing about? So we'll say it's actually very interesting. There's Machogis and Rav Hamnuna. Is Rav Hamnuna's statement just applied just in the presence of the husband? That we say that like this, a woman would never claim, when standing opposite her husband, she would never claim that he divorced her, if he did not divorce her, does that chazaka only apply when she's in the presence of her husband? But if she's not in his presence, she would lie about it? Or though no, even if she's not in his presence, a woman would never make that claim that she is divorced when she's in fact not divorced. That's the source of the machlokes. So the Gemara goes weiter. Vimi sheni says bo edim, amr shmuel, amr avod shmuel, lo nises nises mamish, so now listen to this. So remember again, we're focusing still on the last line of the Mishnah. The last line of the Mishnah was, last line of the Mishnah was, Vimishani says Bo Edim, if after she got remarried, Edim came, Harezu Lo she does not have to leave second husband. Now we'll say, watch this. Comes along Avuad Shmuel and he says like this, Lo Niseis Niseis Mamish, it doesn't literally mean if she got remarried, rather, Elo, Kevan Shetirua Li Nasei, Afa Pishalo Niseis. They will say, watch this. This is, this is groundbreaking. Listen to what he says. Avulishmo says like this. The Mishnah is coming to teach you like this. In any of the aforementioned cases, once a woman has received a heter to remarry, then halacha that heter remains intact even if Adam come. Wow. Wow. So we'll say, I'll just give you a simple application of this. A woman says, a woman says, that halacha again, I was, I was married, but now I'm divorced. What's the halacha in such a situation? What's the halacha? Right? Pesha asr, pesha hitir. She can go ahead and get remarried. Let's say, let's say now, so based in Paschal, now let's say Edim show up. And Edim say that what? Rachel's married. Again, that's all they're saying. Rachel's married. Rachel's married. So we'll say, so what's the halacha in this case? Essentially, what Avod Shmuel is saying is, no. Once Bezin Paskind essentially and gave her a license to get remarried, even if witnesses showed up before she got remarried, her original heter remains intact. Incredible. So what says? It says the Gemara, but one second, but that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says that ultimately, again, if she got remarried before the witnesses came, which sounds like she actually got remarried and telling her she doesn't have to leave her second husband. To which she says, no, Wow. What it means is she doesn't have to leave her heter. In other words, once we operate with based in gave her license, they get remarried. Okay. In other words, even though witnesses now come before she got remarried, she does not leave her heter. Incredible. I'm supposed to let's back this up. So it says, a woman says the following, I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated by my captors. And by the way, I also happen to have Edim that I am Tahora. So we'll say, what's Talacha? 
We don't say, okay, bring your witnesses. Rather, we allow her to get remarried immediately. I will say, why? Why? In other words, I will say, this, what, what is this saying? Here, this woman comes before us, right? She says, I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated. And I also happen to have witnesses to attest to my, to my purity. So I will say, so remember, I have two things happening over here. Based on what she said, can we permit her to go ahead and marry a coin? Because that's, that's what's happening over. Can we permit her to marry a coin? The answer is yes. Why? Peshas or Peshetir. You might have thought, but one second. She's saying she has Edim. So maybe we shouldn't rely on Peshas or Peshetir. Let's wait for the Edim. Kamash Malam, no. If witnesses are in front of us, we'll utilize witnesses. But if they're not here, Peshas or Peshetir. Hetiruli no se ba'achakak ba'o Edim. So I'll say, now watch this. Let's say we permitted to get remarried based on Pesha Asra Pesha Hitir. And now what happens? Witnesses come and the witnesses say, The witnesses say, I don't know. Right? So she claims Reuben and Shimon know that I, that, that I wasn't violated. Reuben and Shimon roll into town. They say, Reuben and Shimon, what do you know? And Reuben and Shimon say, We don't know anything. We don't know anything. What's that? Ultimately, again, she does not leave her original state. Or, I don't know, she does not leave her original psak. So we pass in Pesha Asra Pesha Hitir. That remains. However, however, I feel the Yeshla Kamabonim Tetzay. Now, we'll say the exception to this rule is if witnesses show up and say, no, she was violated. She was violated. Then I will say that changes things. Right? So, of course, again, in that situation, you can't ignore the newfound Eidos. And let's say she had married a Kohen. Halach says she would have to leave her husband then after those circumstances. So, I will say, listen to this story. Get ready for this case. Story. There were these group of captives, group of captives that which came to Narda. Both say Jewish women. Osiv Avua Bahadayu. So let's listen to this. So they're in Narda. They're in Narda. And the father of Shmuel, who went ahead and put, he hired some Jewish men to stand guard over the captive women. So say, here's the interesting dynamic in this story. These women are obviously being held captive by Gentile captors. So, but yet they're in Narda the father of Shmuel has some level of sway. So what does he do? He hires, he hires guards to stand guard over these women so that their captors should not violate them. Fascinating. So I'm really Shmuel. So Shmuel said to his father, Shmuel says, okay, father, that's fine, but they've been captive for a while already. So presumably, they've already been violated by their captors. If they've already been violated by their captors, what good does it do to set up a guard now? So I'll say, listen to the answer. Amrile, so Avu Adishmol says to his son, Tell me, if it was your daughter who was captive, right, would you be so flippant about not having the need for the guard? In other words, what Avu Adishmol was saying was like this. I, you might be right about what happened in the past, but if we could save them from being violated by their captors now, shouldn't we do that? Which I will say is such a profound yisod. You see what Shmuel is looking at it as, at the end of the day, what you're doing doesn't affect, doesn't affect the reality, right? The halachic reality. And Avua the Shmuel is saying is, just because you can't totally fix something doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to make it a little bit better. I will say, which is such a profound yisod in life, because so often, this works in both ways for us. Often, we don't take on things 
if we're not a thousand percent sure we could bring it to completion. And often we're not willing to tackle challenges that I don't know that I could fully fix. And that is a fundamentally flawed approach to life. Because if you don't take on things unless you're absolutely assured of success, you will accomplish absolutely nothing. And if you don't go ahead and try to fix things, even if you're not 100% sure that you could be totally successful, then you'll fix nothing. Life is not about accomplishing things in a perfect way. Life is just about moving the needle a little bit. It's just about fixing things, making things just a little bit better. You can't fix the problem in totality, make it a little bit better. You can't accomplish something in totality, accomplish a little. Because accomplishing something is such a beautiful thing. And that's what's happening over here. Avoid the Shmuel is saying to his son, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? If we could save these girls one night from being violated by their captors, it, it, is, isn't that a... I understand halachic status-wise, it doesn't change anything for them. But these are not halachic objects. These are people. These are people. And if we could do something to ameliorate their suffering right now, right now, maybe it's only for a day, then shouldn't we step in and do it? It's absolutely amazing. To which the Gemara says, So I'll say there's this expression, there's this expression in Chazal and Kohalas, that ultimately, which means a mistake that came out from the mouth of the ruler. I will say, you'll find this expression in the Gemara, when great people say something, the words of a tzaddik have power. The words of a tzaddik create realities. So Abu Adeshmuel says to his son, if your daughter was taken captive, right, would you be so flippant? So his father said it, and what happened? The daughters of Shmuel were taken captive. Now we'll say, it doesn't mean like that moment, but the daughters of Shmuel say, tells us something so amazing, right, to all tzaddikim, all tzaddikim, and therefore again, how careful we have to be with our words. The words of a tzaddik create realities. So I say, so Shmuel's daughters were taken captive. Now in their captivity, they were brought into Eretz Yisrael. And I will say, get ready for this story. So as the daughters of Shmuel who are in captivity, they're taken to Eretz Yisrael. They're taken to Eretz Yisrael. They come to the base medrash. They tell the captors, please wait outside. We want to go into the base medrash for just a moment. So what happened? They go into the base medrash of Rabbi Hanina. So listen to this. So there are two daughters. First daughter comes in and she says, I was taken captive, but I was not violated. Second daughter comes in and says, I was taken captive and I wasn't violated. I will say, what's talacha and such? So now these two girls come into the base. I will say, what's talacha? What's talacha? Pesha aser, pesha hitir. Right? No one knew about these girls. No one knew about them. So again, they each came in. Pesha aser, pesha hitir. Sharinhu. And therefore, again, they were permitted. So when they permitted, ultimately, they can marry Cohen. Sof, al asushvunayu. I will say, who walks in after them a little while later? The captors. The captors. So I will say, listen to Obviously, again, these are the daughters of a great Talmud Chacham. These are the daughters of a great Talmud Chacham because they understood, they understood ultimately, again, how the system worked. So they understood. Had they walked into the base medrash with their captors, 
then at the end of the day, there is a presumption that they were violated. But now that they walked in without their captors, then ultimately, again, the only way we knew about their captivity was through them. Therefore, again, Pasha Asr, Pasha Hitir, and therefore they're permitted. Incredible. So, they will say, ultimately, again, it turns out, it turned out that, that the matter became known that they were the daughters of Shmuel. So, I just want to point out, you know, we're reading this story. I will say, but just understand, we're reading this story on Chodeshav. And how many stories of there of Jewish children taken into captivity, right? How many, how much of Klal Yisrael's history, I will say, is filled with stories like this of children taken from their parents, of girls taken by captors, ultimately led, in this case, to led to Yisrael, but led to faraway lands. And I will say, we, we, we read it like a story in the Gemara. We read it like a story. But you can imagine the pain of Shmuel going through this. You can imagine the pain of the parents of the girls in Narda. I will say, this, so the Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, They were daughters of Shmuel. So Rabbi Chanil is related to Shmuel. So ultimately, Rabbi Chanino says, Rabbi Chanino says, Go and marry these girls. Or one of these girls, you can't marry both of them, right? Go ahead, these are your relatives, go and marry them. But one second. These girls were taken kept in captive overseas, right? Shmuel lives in Arda. So in Arda, there are probably Adim that they were taken captive. And if there are Adim that were taken captive, then what? Then what? Then we have to assume that Allah saw they were violated. And then Aya Cohen would not be able to go ahead and marry them. So in other words, he's saying, I understand in Eretz Yisrael, right now it's Pesha Asa Pesha Hitir, but Pepashtos in Arda, there are Adim. So if you listen to this, this is incredible. Ashta mias lesnu kaman. Rabbi Hanina says, that's not how it works with Eidos. We don't get into maybe there are Edom somewhere. If there are Edom in front of us, we listen to them. If there are Edom not in front of us, then at the end of the day, we cannot incorporate them into the halachic process. So the Gemara says, Edom bits Edom bits astan vete aser. Little the expression is, there are Edom in the north, and we should go ahead and aser her here. Time of the law, asu Edom. Now, the reason ultimately we're not asking is because the Edom did not come. But ultimately, I will say, what do you see from here? Sounds like to me that if Edim were to show up, then we would ask for these girls. said, once we give the heter of Pesha, Asr, Pesha, Heter, that's done, and it doesn't change even if Edim come. Amravashi, Tuma Itmar. No, no, no. You're right. Once we give the heter of Pesha, Asr, Pesha, Heter, Halakha if witnesses show up about the captivity, we don't listen to those witnesses. But if witnesses show up and say that we know that this girl was violated by her captors, that type of testimony we would not be able to ignore. So therefore, I will say, Allah that's how we paskin. That's how we paskins. That once we give the hatter of Pesha, Asr, Pesha, Hitir, at the end of the day, that hatter remains. Even if what? Even if what? Even if Aidim come. Later on, we don't change that hatter. Now again, if more significant Eidos comes along, like again, a lady says, I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated. Fine, we let her get married because Pesha Asa Pesha Hetir. If then later on Eidim come along and say she was violated by her captors, that type of Eidos we cannot ignore. And I will say, but another incredible user comes from this Gemara, which is that what? The, we don't take into account that there may be Eidim somewhere else. And as Rebbe was saying, in life, in life, you have to focus on what is in front of you. Right? If a person lives life thinking about every single what if, well, what if this, what if that, this possibility, that possibility, that leads to analysis paralysis. 
At the end of the day in life, you have to focus on what you have at hand. You have to focus on the information you have in hand. You have to focus on the opportunities that you have in hand and maximize the circumstances that are in front of you. I This one says, I was taken captive, but I'm tahora. And this one says, I was taken captive, but I'm tahora. They are not believed. And I will say, Rashi points out to a very important detail that for some reason the Mishnah did not feel the need to include. There's Eidos. There's Eidos, right? This is talking about a situation where we have Eidos to the captivity. Okay. So if there's Eidos to the captivity, and there's a presumption that Halacha Lamaisa, a woman in captivity, is violated, then Halacha Lamaisa, because there's Eidos, you can't rely on Pesha Asar Pesha Hitir. And therefore, again, they're not believed. Now, this is interesting. However, I will say, if let's say again it's Rachel and Leah, and Rachel says, Leah was taken captive, but she was not violated. And Leah says, Rachel was taken captive, but she was not violated. In that case, Halach said they are believed. Then I will say, this is going to be, because in the case of Shvuya, Shvuya is another, captivity is another situation where Chazal were makel and believed in Eid Echad. And believed in Eid Echad. So if you could produce an Eid Echad that says you're not violated in captivity, then Allah said that is good enough. Says the Yonatan Rabbanavah says, go through a bunch of cases. If, a, if let's say Rachel says, I am Tamea, both of them were taken captive, Rachel and Leah. I am Tamea, I mean, I was violated, but Leah was not. Ne'amenes, Rachel is believed. Next case, we're going to go through all of them. I, Rachel, wasn't violated. Leah was. She's not believed. Both I and Leah, both of Rachel and Leah, I and Leah are both Tamea. She's believed about herself. Not believed about Leah. Ani v'chaverasi tahora. I and Leah are both tahora. Ne'emenes al chaverta ve'ino ne'emenes al atzma. So Rachel is believed about Leah, not believed for herself. Okay, so we'll say, let's analyze these cases. Omer Mar, ani tahora v'chaverasi tmeya. So Omer says, in the case where Rachel says, I was not violated, but Leah was, ino ne'emenes. So ultimately, again, Rachel is not believed. So hechi dami, what's the case? If there's no Eidos to the captivity for Rachel, then am I lo mehemna? Then why wouldn't Rachel be believed? Right? Ultimately, you know, I'll say it's a classic case of what? Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir. Rather, it must be that we're talking about a case where there are Eidim. There are witnesses. There are witnesses. If that's the case, so I'll say, and therefore again, that's why Rachel is not going to be believed. If that's the case, where Rachel says both I and Leah were both violated. Right? We're both Tmeah. So she's believed about herself, but not believed about Leah. But one second. And we'll say if there is Eidos that they were taken captive, then why would she not be believed for Leah as well? In other words, I will say, the truth is, if there's Eidos, we don't even need Rachel's testimony, right? Legabe Leah, because it's assumed that Leah was violated. Elapshita deleka Eidim. Rather, I will say, let's go back. You have to assume that this is a case where there is not Eidos. So there's no Eidos, Rabbi say, to the fact that Rachel and Leah were taken captive. Okay, so let's analyze this. Ema Seifa, Ani v'chaveirasi Tahora. So I will say, look at the Seifa. Rachel says, both I and Leah are Tahora. Ne'emenes al-chaverta, 
She's believed for Leah, but not believed by herself, for herself. But why? We'll say again, if it's a case where there's no Eidos, then what? Then what? Then when Rachel says, both me and Leah are Tahora, then what should be the Halacha? She should be believed for both of them. Because Halacha Lema Pesha Asher Pesha for herself and Eidachan for Leah. Okay. We're back. You're right. It has to be a case where there are there must be Eidos. To which the Gemara says, Reisha Vaseifa Deika Eidim, Mitzi Asa Deleka Eidim. Say, tell me now, Bosai, that in the Braisa, rather in the Mishnah, excuse me, the Reisha and the Seifa is where there, is, there, there are Eidim, and the middle case is where there's no Eidim. Amr Abai Abai says, yes, Reisha Vaseifa Deika Eidim, Mitzi Asa Deleka Eidim. The Reisha and the Seifa do have Eidos, the, the middle case does not have Eidos. So I will say, that's how Abaye understands the Mishnah. We'll stop over here for today. We'll Amir Hashem to pick up with Raf Papa tomorrow about how to understand the various cases. Mishnah will say, Shkoyach. Shkoyach. Good Shabbos.